Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome aboard, Giants fans, to episode 47 of Talk is Cheap, our New York Giants podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio, and joined, as always, by Jordan Renan, James Cratch. They cover the Giants for NJ Advanced Media. We're just about three weeks away, a little over three weeks away, as we record this podcast until the 2016 NFL Draft. Uh, Thursday, the 28th, will be the first round. Last week, we started our draft conversation by kind of just getting everyone ready for the names and the projections and things we might be hearing over the next few weeks. This week, we'll break down the Giants from the offensive side, what they might do in the draft from an offensive perspective. Next week, defense, and then the week of the draft, predictions and a full draft preview for this draft. All right, Jordan, we'll start with you here. We're getting close now. We're getting close. I mean, this is fun now because there's a few weeks away from the 2016 draft and you know, heading into the offseason, it felt like defense, defense, defense would be every priority. It was basically that in free agency. Now we get to the draft, and it feels like probably the Giants, because of what they did in free agency, probably a little bit more open to whatever the best bet is and the best player is um, as they go through each round of the draft from an offensive perspective. Would you agree with that? It's not That's always, that's always the goal. That should always right. be the goal, and I, I think it was, was the goal last year. It's the goal this year, is they want to get to the draft and not be pigeonholed into doing, you know, we need to get this position. Uh, you know, at least with the first, and we need to get this position with our first round pick. That's a mistake now. If you say, okay, we, we, we kind of need to get a, an offensive lineman in the first, you know, two or three rounds, it's a different story. And I think that's probably the case here. They would like to get another offensive lineman within the first couple of rounds, but it doesn't mean that they have to use it in the first round. And I also think there's other options out there to fill the, we're talking about the Giants offense. We all know. You look at the Giants offense, gaping holes, wide receiver two, and offensive line, that right side of the line. They'd like to get a starter for each of those spots, either one of the two offensive line spots at least, and the wide receiver spot. But remember, there are alternatives aside from the draft, and I really do think the Giants might be looking at some point to add either a tackle, a guard, or a wide receiver in a, in, in a let's say, outside-the-box way, you know, via trade. Or, uh, you know, Ryan Clady is a guy that I'm sure they're keeping their eye on in Denver, offensive tackle, see what they go there. So this way that they don't have to pigeonhole themselves and say, okay, we have to get out of this first round and we have to take a wide receiver. Because to be honest with you, there's no wide receiver worth the 10th pick in this draft. James, from your perspective, when you look at the offense in this draft, when you you know read other people's mocks, when you do your own, and you kind of just um, mm-hmm. bone up on the players coming out here, 
What kind of offensive draft are we looking at? I mean, last week we talked about defensive, and it was you guys were saying it's a front seven draft here. When you look at the offensive players in this draft, uh, where is the strength, and kind of what are your thoughts as we get close to this thing from an offensive perspective? I would definitely say that you know we said last week it's a defensive draft. I don't think it's as strong on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, if you look at you go position position by position, everybody knows about the quarterbacks, and there are some big names there, but. I don't think anybody thinks that Wentz or Goff or Lynch or can't miss no doubt prospects. Um, running backs, you got Ezekiel Elliott, and then it's kind of a bunch of second, third round guys from there. Offensive tackle, there's some some good guys. You know, Stanley Conklin. Um, there's actually a f- about a core five or six offensive tackles, and then you know that sounds like to- that sounds like one guy, Stanley Conklin. Yeah, Stanley Conklin, you know, he's just, <laughs> Tunsil, obviously. So I would say it's a top-heavy offensive draft and that you, every position seems to have, you know, a guy who's drawing a lot of headlines and people think it's going to be really good. But then when you get past that upper echelon, it just kind of gets to the point where a lot of guys are mixed in and it's hard to differentiate who is who and what is what. So I would say uh, there's some good offensive players in this draft, but it's very top-heavy at most positions. And at the depth value of this draft is definitely on the defensive side of the ball. When you guys are, are going through, and I know uh, our colleague Mark Eccles has done a lot of uh, had a lot of conversation with scouts and talking about all the different players in this draft, and it's it's really good to check out on NJ.com if you want to go and do that. Um, so he's done that, and we've kind of read some of what he's written, and you guys have talked to scouts and agents as well. When you guys talk two people about the first round offensive players, Jordan, uh, what kind of ceiling are we looking at? Like J- James was just saying, there's probably a couple good players at each position, but as far as, you know, on the defensive side, we talked last week, there could be some really, really good impact defenders. Are they the same kind of players on the offense? I'm talking about the best players like Tunsil and Elliott. And you mentioned the wide receivers. There probably isn't one worthy of the 10th pick. Are we looking at just good players, or are there any offensive players in your mind that, that could turn out to be great ones in the NFL? Yeah, I think more so than usual. Look, there's, we're talking about the top 10 here. There, there better be a couple guys that are stars, you know, who are pro bowlers or even all pros, because that's where you get them, but for the most part in the draft. Uh, you know, Elliott has a chance. This is a good, solid, all around player. Uh, Tunsil, obviously. But aside from that, I mean, the quarterbacks, there might be some quarterbacks drafted high in this draft, but look, that's more. Of, because there's just not enough quarterbacks. And teams desperately need the quarterback, and it's such an important position. But I don't think if you graded Carson Wentz and you just went straight by grade and put them all on the list, that like Carson Wentz or Jared Goff would be anywhere near the top five players. You know, They wouldn't even be in that conversation. Uh, wide receivers, they all come with a little, you know, a little star next to them, a little caveat. You know, the Treadwell, yeah, great talent, uh, can go up, get the ball. But not a great athlete. You know, he's not a top premium athlete. That makes – doesn't mean he can't be good. No, of course not. There's been plenty of great receivers who weren't the best athletes in the world. Jerry Rice for one. Uh, you know, but, and they went on to amazing careers. But your chances of success when you're not a premium athlete, when, he, when he's a kid, you know, when there's guys that can jump higher, when there's guys who can run faster, he's – there's a lower percent chance – that he's a, a you know a star player, so I, I don't know if the wide receiver the wide receiver group is definitely not as good as it has been in the past. The running back group is pretty much a, a, a you know one guy, like you said. I think he he could be a star. Tunsil could be a star. 
I'm not really seeing it with any of the other guys. I mean, Conklin and uh, uh, that we talked about before, Ronnie Stanley. I, to me, these these are the looks of of good players, not great players. Now, James, a few minutes ago, you had brought up uh, you know the the top players, and you had a piece last week on NJ.com um, with a segment of a, a video that we had from Fox Sports South of Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott talking on a show. He was asked about maybe joining the Giants at number ten now. Now, there's always debate about running backs high. How high do you take them? They have to be special. What are your thoughts on Ezekiel Elliott? Just, I mean, to kind of separate the Giants for a second. Just him as a player, he might go really high, he might go before 10. But, you know, compare the running back, I guess the, um, what I'm trying to get at is the de-emphasizing of drafting running backs high for the most part compared to how good of a player this kid might be. Look, I have no doubt in my mind, I pitch Ezekiel Elliott, if he stays healthy, can be a really good NFL player. I, I don't want to say great, because it's just hard to say great about anybody, but he could be a pro bowler. No, he's got everything. He, he blocks well. He catches the ball in the backfield. He can, Obviously, he can run well. But it's just, for me, when you're in the top 10, it, it's a value thing. And obviously, yes, part of it is is the fact that the league has gotten to a point where the running back position is not valued as much. And you see teams win all the time with, you know, fifth, sixth, seventh round guys, undrafted guys. But for me, it's just Elliott's a time. Like, let's look at, I'll say, like, for instance, the Dallas Cowboys are picking at four. If the Cowboys didn't have as many holes on the defensive side of the ball, I could see the Cowboys saying, you know what, we're going to bring Elliott in because we think we're a good team who just lost their quarterback. And that's why we're picking number four. We think this is a guy that can help put us over the top. But beyond that, I just think you, you're taking a major risk as an NFL team when you have these guys like, you know, say whatever you want about them, guys who you know are going to be on the field basically every snap and who you know that you can't necessarily just go out and get somebody off the street and replace. To take Ezekiel Elliott with a top 10 pick to me just is a risk that a lot of teams shouldn't do, and I especially do not think the Giants should have any interest in it whatsoever. Well, here's the thing. When you say the Cowboys, if you're drafting number four, though, you're going to have those holes. That's why yes. you're drafting number four. You know, you're not going to have this great roster. We could say, oh, we have one hole. Uh, let's fill it with this one guy. I mean, that's just, that's just not the way it works. Uh, that's no. why you're drafting fourth, because they weren't good last year. They stunk. Unless, well, you're, no, unless, no, you're, I- unless you're gifted like the Washington Redskins pick a couple of years ago when they were, gave away all the draft picks. Yeah, no, I, I just meant, like, I, obviously the Cowboys are not that, that team, but you could, in theory, I, I guess, you know, it would take a lot, have a team like the Cowboys who might say, we think we're a Super Bowl team who just happened to have their quarterback break his collarbone, and that's why we were horrible. So we are treating ourselves as a playoff team that just happens to be picking number four. Um, I know that's not really the full case with Dallas, but I could see yeah. a team having that mentality. But, I mean, it's just... It's so rare, though, because you, yeah. you're usually, you know, that's why you're drafted number four. You know, it, for the most part, you're drafted number four. It's because you haven't been a good team. Oh, by the way, watching the Yankees, uh, as we're watching this, watching the Yankees uh, opening day game, they flip to Harry Carson. And then who's, who's the next guy that they show sitting there in his safari hat? Tom Coughlin. Tom's, Tom's always Tom. the Giants. Tom's, Tom, Tom, Tom around town. Well, Tom's got time on his hands now, right? He's got time on his hands, so he can go and... Looks uh, like like he's with the grandkids. The Yankees opening day game. We're like a week or two away from Tom doing another interview and like giving another little nugget of his experience with the Giants. (laughs) He's going to give us his draft expertise. He did did scout the combine. He did. 
He did. So we're we're recording. Well, basically, this. I'll back. I'll go back to uh, as I just interrupted the entire. Yeah, Ezekiel podcast. Elliott. No, that's all right. Just wait for one second. We're doing this podcast on a Tuesday uh, afternoon, just so everyone out there understands what we're talking about with the Yankees. I- I'm watching the same thing, Jordan. I just saw as I looked over as you were saying it. I, I Coughlin. I never saw that safari hat out of Coughlin. So that's uh, <laughs> well, it's also a Yankee it fan. Degrees here. It, stink, it stinks here on the East Coast. It's terrible. It's, it's really oh. cold. But anyway, Jordan, go on about Elliott. I mean, the way I look at it is. He basically has to be Adrian Peterson, Marshall Falk, a guy of that level for me to want to draft a guy in the top five or top ten. I mean, because you, you can get so many. You can use, it's so much easier to get a, a, a good quality running back who can do a lot of things, and there's so many running backs. You know, you could put, put guys together. Look, now there's obviously higher degrees of it, but, you know, you get a guy with, who can, with running skills well, I'm not going to say like, but the Giants have a guy who who's more of a runner guy in Rashad Jennings, and then you can have a specialty guy in a guy who's, you know, like Shane Vereen. And you put them together, and you get one full running back. Now, I, I mean, granted, the Giants, if I'm the Giants, I'd like that better than that, and Elliott can do it all in one. But if if those guys are kind of not that hard to find, if the specialist guy who can catch the ball isn't that bit, that much of a rarity – then I need that guy. I need to know that that guy is, you know, superstar in order to draft in the top five or ten, if that's me. And does anyone here think he's, you know, Adrian Peterson level? No. No, I don't either. I mean, he is. He lo- does look like he's, a, like, like James was saying a few minutes ago, could be a very, very good running back in the NFL. All right, let me ask you off that then with the Elliott stuff. Do you think, and we'll ask, I'll ask it specifically from Jerry Reese's perspective, the Giants' perspective, do you think teams, number one, do they and should they, um, in the back of their mind, remember their past mistakes when it comes to this stuff? Or is every year and every player different? Like my example would be a few years ago, the Giants spent a first-round pick, albeit it was a late first-round pick, on David Wilson. That, obviously, because of his injuries, it blew up on them. They, they didn't get anything out of him because his career went off the rails. In the past, the Giants have used first-round picks, this was before Jerry Reese, but on Ron Dane, on Tyrone Wheatley. It didn't work out. So... Uh, Jordan, and then we'll go to James on this. Do you think number one, the Giants would cons- think about their past, and two, should they? You know, if Elliott is a possibility, I, I look. You always should look at the past, but the Giants should have studied this, and all teams should study it. Okay, did we make a mistake? Did we not make a mistake? Uh, you know, what was the mistake, or was it a mistake drafting a running back this high? Or if you look at it with the Giants, was it a mistake of drafting a guy? who had past injury history. Um, it's debatable. I mean, you could sit there and argue right now whether we think that David Wilson would have ever turned out and been worth that pick. That's, I think that's a completely different story. The question is, was it a smart pick because of his health, I think, in retrospect, because he obviously had the neck problem. So, uh, you know, that's sort of a non-answer to your question, Joe, but I think that's the case here is that you kind of have to look at it by situation and then decide – did we make the right move? Did we make the wrong move? Do we have to alter our draft strategy moving forward? And I think for the Giants, look, they didn't take a running back at the number 10 pick. They took a running back at the number 32 pick. Uh, so I think when you're coming off that, if David Wilson turned into an impact player at the 32nd pick, I think I, it would have been worth it. Now, you know, if he was a starting every down running back, uh, a guy who can, you know, play and now, now – and catch the ball out of the backfield. Now, if you're talking about whether it was the right evaluation, I think that's, that's a different story with this. Did they make the wrong evaluation? 
were they looking at the wrong things with that running back? Is you know because maybe they need to put more of a stress, and I think this this probably is the case with durability, especially when they're looking at running back. James, how about for you on them? And the Giants have been burned before; they were burned recently. Like Jordan said, it wasn't a top ten pick, but they've been burned with first round running backs. Should that, and do you do you think it will come into their thinking here uh, if they do deem Elliott to be a really good player and one they you know normally would look at? Um, should they? Yeah, I definitely think that. You, obviously, you know those who repeat, you know, whatever your cliche about history and repeating it is, you want to use. But um, I don't think they necessarily should. Like, if they think Ezekiel Elliott is a can't miss Adrian Peterson esque player, then I don't think they should hesitate. You know, I, there's been a lot of you know. Look, the Giants have struggled with the draft in recent years and down the road, but that doesn't mean that they just basically can. Like, oh, yeah, we hit on our first and second round picks. Everything else, we don't do well. So we're going to trade every pick after the second round. We're just going to draft two guys and go home. Like, you, you can't do that. Like, you need to try to improve your track record in the mid to late rounds and at the top of the draft with certain positions as well. So I think they should definitely consider it. But if they think Elliott is a can't-miss player they need to add to their team and they can exp- articulate that after making the pick with all these other various issues and needs across the board, then they should go do that. But I would not do that if I were Jerry Reese. Yeah, and I think probably a lot of Giants fans w- would tend to agree there on a, on a running back and with the other needs they have and um, with the way that they've had issues in the past with drafting running backs high. All right, so we are talking offense here in the NFL draft, what the Giants could do uh, at the 10th pick and then throughout the NFL draft. So we'll throw this one out there and then we'll get into a game of hypotheticals. Um, on this draft and, and for the Giants and what might come up. So we'll, we'll kind of put you guys in the spot, and then we'll wrap this podcast uh, with, once again, our, uh, our, our mock draft pick as if the draft was right now. So, Jordan, going to you on this and this draft as a whole for the Giants, offensively, in an ideal draft, what do you think they have to come away with position-wise? It doesn't have to only mean the 10th pick. They have six picks throughout the first six rounds there. Uh, how, what would you want to come away with if you were the Giants from an offensive perspective? They've got to come away with an offensive lineman you know, at some point. It doesn't have to be a first-round offensive lineman. Look, it'd be in a perfect world, you'd love to every year take your offensive line and go in the first round and get, eventually get five guys and start five first-rounders. But the reality is in the NFL, nobody starts five first-round linemen. You've got to find some offensive linemen or starters somewhere else. And it's about time the Giants found one in this draft that wasn't a first-rounder. Most teams, you know, have starting – I mean, I'd say almost every team in the league has a, probably a starting guard that's a mid-round draft pick. You know, so the Giants are going to need one of those. So let's, I think that's something that you got to look at. They have to get an offensive lineman. I think the best bet is to get a guy who's going to be a guard in the middle rounds. Uh, and they need a wide receiver of some shape or form, uh, I just think. Either that or they're going to have to make a big trade for somebody or, or do something because, you, you know, they're pretty thin at wide receiver right now. So uh, I think everything else is debatable. You just get whatever you can at this point. But, you know, an explosive running back would be great. Uh, you know, a, a tight end who can block would be tremendous. Uh, you know, you could even argue, you know, a future quarterback with Ryan Nassib on the, on the last year of his deal, that would be nice too, but obviously a complete luxury, not necessary. Uh, but, you know, you can make an argument pretty much for every position with the Giants right now. But to me, offensive line, wide receiver, top two. 
Offensive Easy. line, wide receiver for Jordan. James, for you, offensively, when the draft is over, the weekend of the draft is over, what do you think the Giants should have come away with? One, Jordan's right. They definitely have to get an offensive lineman. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with the offensive line because ideally I would say let's you know get your impact defensive player. You know, We talked about you know, like Hargreaves, a Floyd, a Lawson. Get that guy with the number 10 pick. Second round, go get your your tackle. But if there's a run on offensive tackles, which I think which there could, will be, there which always there will is. Be, which there always is, and then you start to get into that you know third tier guys. I would say then turn your direction toward getting a wide receiver in the second. I think you need to have a starting receiver or a starting offensive lineman from your second round pick. And then the other position, you just kind of can go and try to attack in the later rounds. I think you definitely got to get an offensive starter, one of those two spots in the first two rounds. Um, I think, like, if I were Jerry Reese and I have my third pick, which is number 71, and I was looking at the uh, various draft boards today, and CBS Sports has Penn State quarterback Christian Hackenberg as their 71st ranked prospect. I don't think the Giants would take him with the third-round pick, but I definitely think it, it it should be a discussion if that guy or a guy like Connor Cook is there or third round. Assuming, okay, we've got our defensive player, we got our starter on one side of the ball, we think we can attack the other position later in the round. Let's take a shot here. You know NASA's going into a contract year. You have all the time in the world to develop this kid. And, you know, look, Eli's... He's entering the final last couple of years of his career. You don't know when things could go south or he could have a bit an injury. You, know, you knock on wood, Dick. It's what they keep on saying all offseason. Um, so I would definitely go with got to get a starter, receiver, or offensive line in the second round. Other position, I'm going to try to attack in the mid to later. If I can get a quarterback who I think can develop, I'm going to get him somewhere in the draft. And I would say I don't think they should go get a running back. I think they have too many guys at the position right now as it is. Um, and even good, though? Are, like, they, are they good enough at that position for you? That's basically what I'm asking. It'd be easier to tell if they gave them, you know, if they let yeah. one of them play. It was Last year was so disjointed <laughs> with what they did. Yeah, I would say I, I think that they are good enough. The, that group of four is good enough, I, I think. I agree with you. I, 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 do, I do agree with you on that. You know. And because my whole thing is like, you know, not to go back to the Elliott thing, but you know, I was thinking, it's like, if you drafted Elliott, you basically have no use for Rashad Jennings and you have no use for Shane Vereen anymore, really, because Elliott's a third down back, too. Yeah, what are you going to so, do? You're going to bring him in and then make him a two down back and say, exactly. oh, we're going to use. Then, then it kind of devalues what you just drafted. So. Granted, you could cut both guys. I mean, you, you could. could cut, you could. You could, but Jennings, I mean, you got Jennings yesterday and you could cut. Vereen, you know, next year, uh, so it's not a big deal. But I, I, you know, I agree. Where is it? Is are is it a huge upgrade that they're getting at that that spot by getting drafting this guy? Probably not at this. Not no. at this point. I mean, I think there's a, a much better argument to be made of if you if you can somehow Hunter Henry from Arkansas miraculously falls to the third round. I think there's a much better argument to be made of. We're going to take this guy, and yes, we have these. Four, we have these tight four young tight ends that we like, but this guy is clearly an upgrade over them. I think you can make that argument a lot easier for the tight end position than you can for the running back position. 
Um, so that's what I do. Got to get a starter at offensive line or wide receiver in the second round. Try to get something else in the mid to later rounds. And if you can get a quarterback that you think you can develop and has promise, it can be a starter in the league, not a career backup, go get him. I would say this, James. I disagree about the quarterback part, too, though. It's just not – none of these guys are any good in the middle of rounds at this point. Like, there's just no reason to do it now. You wait till next year for that if that's your case because next year NASA wants a better opportunity. He wants to go somewhere else. Fine, he goes. Then you could go and draft somebody else, you know. So, but until that point, why waste the resources and the put the assets towards it? To me, it doesn't make sense to do it this year. I, I wait till next year. The only thing I can say is if you know, and if you think that the backup, Mar- I mean, if if the Giants think that, hey, this Chase Daniel contract he got in Philly, while a little bit different because clearly he's Doug Peterson's guy. You know, this might become the the backup market. You know, it, it might be a lot of money to go get a reliable veteran backup. Maybe they think that and figure, okay, we bring this guy in for a year, he can basically be an active, like sort of like NASA was with, I believe, Curtis Painter, and then we can develop him that way. Maybe that's their thought. That's the only thing I would say in response to that. But I agree. I understand where you're coming from with that. It's funny, you guys, it's almost as if you, uh, you kind of were in the planning of the show beforehand with the questions I was going to ask you in the hypothetical segment, which we'll do right now, because you just debated back and forth one of the hypotheticals I was going to say, and I was going to ask you guys about the, the same thing you brought up with the quarterbacks there, and, and you both gave your answer ready. James, you would if it was the right guy, kind of if fit, and, and Jordan, you wouldn't. Let me throw this We're testing at- your ability to think on the fly, Joe. And think I know. It. And I, I'm, you, better, I'm, you better come up with a new question within the next uh, minute here. So well, I'm going to try to stall pressure, until I could do the that. pressure's on you. Let me throw this uh, other extra angle at you, Jordan, because you gave your opinion on it. If, and then you might be right, that none of these quarterbacks are even worth you know, wasting or using a resource on this year. If for some reason the Giants have a first-round grade, uh, you know, maybe a late first-round grade, I don't know how they do their board, but a first-round grade on, uh, let's just say, a Connor they Cook. They do it in stacks, yeah. Okay, so they have you know, someone like Connor Cook, uh, and he has a let's say a Teddy Bridgewater type of fall or, you know, he goes tumbling into the second or third round for some odd reason. It was just that hypothetical. Would that change your mind if it was a guy with a first round grade or is it just the philosophy of doesn't make sense this year to take a quarterback behind? Yeah, how about this, Joe? A Ryan Nassib type fall. Perfect. <laughs> no, I just, don't, I, I just don't see it. First of all, I don't think they grade any of these guys very well. I mean, it's just, this, isn't, this is not a good quarterback crop. I don't think. There's any way to look at any of those those guys? I mean, every single one of these guys is such a big question mark. Even Carson Wentz, I just don't see it. To me, uh, I I don't see Connor Cook or Christian Hack- Hackenberg, the Giants, looking at these guys and thinking that oh my God, we just got our potential uh, franchise quarterback, a guy who could develop into that in the in the, in the third round or whatever. It's just, just don't see that. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not seeing it. I'm I'm basically ruling it out. That's not happening in this draft. Okay, so now we'll think on my feet, and we'll give you a hypothetical. Who uh, our second hypothetical, I guess, because the quarterback one. Where's our first one? James, we'll start with you. Then we'll go to Jordan on this. Hypothetically, you can pick a future star for the Giants at any offensive position in this draft, other than quarterback. And it doesn't have to mean you use the tenth pick on that. You just could get lucky. It could be the fortieth pick, could be the seventy-first. But they take a player in this draft on the offensive side of the ball, not a quarterback. And in two years, we're talking about, or maybe next year, we're talking about a guy that developed into a star. Which position would you pick it at? Hmm, that's a really good question. I would take 
it at the offensive line. And I know that's going to kind of seem to contradict my whole thing about they shouldn't take an offensive lineman in the first round. But I think that they, they have the, they're on the cusp of having a really good offensive line that can stick together for a while. And so if I'm saying, I'm, now I'm not getting the guy in the first round, I'm getting him in the second, third, or fourth round, I would say get me a really good right tackle. And so I have a line that's basically going to be in place for the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, but the hope is that one of the guys that are there right now actually turns into one of those guys. I think that's the real, it should be the real hope when you yeah. talk about offensive line, is that that stud is actually already on their roster, and it's one of those three guys who's going to basically make the jump and be that kind of guy. So to me, you already have Odell Beckham, right? You already mm-hmm. have that guy. I look at running back, I don't know. To me, I just don't think you need a stud running back to be a great team in the NFL these days. So I'm going with tight end. Perfect compliment. Perfect compliment to Odell Beckham. You have that guy the big guy who can get down the field, guy who can catch 80, 90 balls. If you give me, like, you know, Jimmy Graham in his prime down the middle of the field, that's my guy. That's the perfect compliment to Odell Beckham. He's the red zone target. He's got the size. He works the middle of the field, gives Odell the the option to go down the field, occupies safeties. To me, give me a tight end. Give me, you know, Antonio Gates or Jimmy Graham in his prime. And all of a sudden, you have him paired with Odell Beckham, and I think you have a monster, monster passing attack for years, for, for you know, 10 years. You would. And, if you and, can keep both of them, who knows? Right, of say. course. And the Giants haven't had, I mean, they've had a, a cast of characters, characters at tight end with Eli Manning, and he's made a lot of them better than they are. But they haven't had a reliable tight end that, that's been their guy for years and years that they thought of as a, a big-time player in what, since Jeremy Shockey was young? It's been a long time. Yeah, they bring in nobodies, get a little, get get decent production out of them, and just roll over every year into a new set of nobodies. Basically, this is the you know, is the routine that we're in now. Where where are you going on this show? You turn the page on, turn turn it on you. Where's the hypothetical? Where do you go on this hypothetical? I would go with a running back. I I think that you know, I they could use a second wide receiver. Obviously, tight end is a really good one. Offensive line, I think they have some good building blocks. I mean, you never don't want another good offensive line. Wide receiver, right? though, do you really need do you really need like another you know all pro wide receiver when you already have one? No, I don't think you do. I mean, I guess they wouldn't turn it well, down. If it, right, if a kid turns into one, uh, that'd be fine for them. But yeah, I think running back. I mean, they've. They've gone through a lot of these guys, too, and they can't find one that's reliable. If they could, I'm sure they would rather that. I mean, I don't think they want to spend for it in free agency or anything like that, but if they could find one of these guys to take the ball and be the guy, kind of like, uh, you know, I think of what the Packers had a couple of years ago um, in McAdoo, obviously that system, when, when Lacey emerged and he went backwards last year, but when he emerged as a guy, that, I think that made life easier on Aaron Rodgers for that one year, and I'm sure it would make you know, life easier on Eli if they could find a running back. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to argue that, but I mean, it just I, to me, it's an easier position to fill. I, you know, and it's and the other problem is that it's only like a three. You know, you get you get your stud running back. How long does that last for? You know, four or five years. The guy might be. You know, first it takes two years for him to blossom. Then you know what? He, what does he last like four years in his prime and as a running back? Right. It's, it's not a, always, not a really long term thing, right? Because you never know yeah. how long they're going to last. Yeah. So, all right, uh, in- interesting. We all had different takes there, but yeah, not next- not a not a great draft to be honest with you. In 
at least our two positions, Joe. I mean, tight end, blah. You know, Hunter Henry, maybe. Uh, you know, I think the Giants more than likely go like with a middle round guy there if they do. Blocking guy, Nick Vanett, the name I'll throw out there from Ohio State. And then you look at wide receiver, wide receiver, and you know, or tight end and wide receivers are just not that inspiring. They James aren't. Got offensive line, there's some good ones though. That that seems to be the strongest of those. A running running back, uh, wide receiver. What did I say? Running back, tight end, and uh, offensive line. I think offensive line is probably the best of the three this year in that of those three positions. All right, our last hypothetical, our third and final hypothetical for the Giants, and as we think about the offensive side of the football in the NFL draft coming up. James, we'll go to you, and then we'll go mm-hmm. to Jordan on this. Hypoth- now, I think I was going to ask about trading up, but I think I, I have your answer ready because neither of you think there are that many great offensive players in this draft, so probably you would both say not worth trading up. How about the other side of it? The Giants have six draft picks in this draft. Um, you know, you don't always want depth. You always want more picks. If they like an offensive player... And the defensive players that we'll talk a lot about next week, we talked about some of them um, last week. If the defensive players they love are gone, and we talked about maybe trading up for a defensive player last week, but if they're gone and they get on the board at 10, hypothetically, if a good offer is out there, would you think, would the Giants think, and do you think they should think about trading back, accumulating picks, and maybe taking one of these offensive players that has eh, not great value at 10, but I don't know, the Rams moving up from 15 to get a quarterback or whatever. At 15, it's better value, and you get a pick. So, hypothetically, Giants trading back from 10. Uh, I, I, I would say the team you just mentioned, the Rams. If the Rams called me, and I was Jerry Reese, and they said, we will give you, we'll swap 10 for 15, and we'll give you the third-round pick, I would lean toward taking it because at that point I would think, and this is probably the only offensive guy I, I would have no problem taking a guy like uh, Laquan Treadwell at 15. I think that would that could be a move that you make. Um, I don't think I would make any move down the board for a guy like Elliott just because, as we've said earlier, you know, it, you bring Elliott in, it kind of negates what you have, and you think that what you have is already good enough. But I would definitely consider a guy like Treadwell moving down to that 15 to 20 range where I, I know I can get him. But other than that, I think I would just stay put at 10 and get the best defensive player on the board that was left. And I, I do think that, assuming nothing crazy happens, the Giants are going to be able to get one of those defensive players, whether it be Lawson, Hargreaves, uh, Leonard Floyd. They're going to be able to get someone there. Jordan, for you, the idea nah, of moving back. Nah, nah, nah. Give me picks. Give me picks. Jerry, get some more picks. Move back for once in your life. Come on, get those picks. That's what I would do. I mean, it's just, you want those more picks. Uh, to me, if one of your guys isn't there, this is probably like a seven-player draft, maybe even less. I mean, there's like probably about five or six elite players in my mind because I don't, I'm not a big fan of any of these quarterbacks. So take them out of the mix. There's probably like... Six guys, in my opinion, that are the elite players in this draft. If you can't get any of those at 10, you get a mid-round pick back. You only have six picks in the draft. Do it. Get more picks. Give me, give me a second. You know, I'll move, I move from 10 to 22 if, I, if, if, if it, that's what you ask me. And I'm picking up a second-round pick in the process. You know, If that's what it's going to take, I'll, I would do that. You could instead of you know, let's say Leonard Floyd, who's a guy we know that they like, 
They, they miss out on Leonard Floyd. He gets taken ninth by the Bucks. All of a sudden, you drop down to 22. You maybe look at a guy like Darren Lee instead as a lesser value, uh, a lesser player, maybe a little less. His upside isn't quite as high. Um, and then you take him. Maybe you know some people even view him as a safety. Uh, so maybe maybe they see him as that. You look a guy like that, or I don't know something like that. Maybe a second second one of those wide receivers that you mentioned. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of names of maybe guys at the end of the end of the first round that I would take. But then you can add another second round pick on top of that. You can add a, a you know who's the James, who's the defensive end that we talked about in the past? He's a little bit older, the BYU kid. Bronson Kafusi. Kafusi, yeah. Maybe you pick up a guy like that. You add, like, you take Kafusi and Darren Lee, maybe, instead of a guy like Leonard Floyd. Is that what you get? So if you ask me, it's worth doing. I, I would do it. I would get that extra pick, get that extra, get that extra second or third round body if I can get it, even if it means dropping down into the 20s. I would too. Yeah, I think if unless there's someone they just are in love with at number ten, if they like an offensive player, the value probably says, or they want an offensive player high in the first round, the value probably says move back. Like like both of you kind of said, move back and accumulated picks, um, and maybe grab that guy. All right. So yeah, last- well, let's say this. Let's say this. Okay, you, they drop back. They drop back to twenty something, and they go with Reggie Raglan instead, and then get Raglan and then pick up like another second or third round pick. I would do that. I'm in. Sign me up. I would, too, and that would give them, I mean, depending on where the pick would be, I mean, you'd have three picks within the first two rounds, and they have the 40th pick as their own. I mean, you could have, you know, who knows, maybe three picks within the first 50. That would be a nice, that'd be a nice start to the draft. Yeah, plus this team needs players, so they have holes. So the, the more picks they have, the better. I mean, you know, then they could maybe find one of these guards. There's a lot of these guards, apparently, from what I heard in this draft. You know, I know a lot of people think that um, – Cody Whitehair is the top guard in the draft, and you know a lot of teams probably have him there. But from what somebody told me, is you look okay, there's you know the drop off between him and like the next five guys after him isn't really that that huge. So you can pick up a guy who's not really that much of a downgrade from him in the third round. So you get a third round pick, maybe you can find a guard. Graham Glasgow, a guy from Michigan, is a guy keeping keep an eye on his draft. Interesting guy because he's had some problems in the past. Played some center at Michigan, but had a really good year. A lot of people think he could be a, a pretty good guard. Guys, guys like that. So they would have options, and they would have you know the ability to land one of those players and maybe find a starter there. All right, so last week we wrapped up our first draft conversation with each going around, all three of us, giving our uh, mock draft pick in the moment as we record this podcast. And last week all three of us went with Leonard Floyd, the linebacker pass rusher, out of Georgia. So a week later, we'll go around and do it again. It's, I mean, I guess it's all right. If it, if it didn't change and we want to stay uh, with conviction all the way through, then go ahead. But if it changed in your mind for any reason, uh, give your new player and the reason. We'll go Jordan, James, I'll give mine. I mean, do we want to run through a quick first nine picks, like really quickly, so that we could at least take the guys off the board and then give us a selection here? Because, I mean, because the, the way I view it is look, you tell me, you know, Vernon Hargraves is going to be there. And all of a sudden, I'll say, okay, I'll pick Hargraves. But the way I see it is I don't see Hargraves being there. I don't know about you guys. I don't right. either. I think he'll be gone. So you want to go around and make picks for each team, or you want me to just reel off the first eight picks? Why don't you do it, Joe? You reel up the first nine. First nine. Real quick. You want me to, you, need, you have the order in front of you? 
Yeah, I got it. All right, here we go. All right. Here are the first nine picks, and then, and then we'll um, we'll cross off the guys, and then we'll say, okay, here we go. Now let's pick. What do you? What's our pick? This is the scenario. All right, we'll we'll exclude trades from this because we're doing it off the top of our heads. We'll just right. say in order, and everyone will pick where they are. Number one, the Tennessee Titans uh, go Laramie Tunsil, Ole Miss. Okay. Okay. Number two, the Cleveland Browns go Carson Wentz, North Dakota State. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, the San Diego Chargers go Jalen Ramsey, the defensive back from Florida State. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Number four, the Dallas Cowboys go Joey Bosa, defensive end, Ohio State. See that? All right. Number five, the Jacksonville Jaguars go Miles Jack, the linebacker from UCLA. Yep. All right. Number six, the Baltimore Ravens take DeForest Buckner, the defensive lineman from Oregon. Okay. Number eight, uh, seven, excuse seven, me. Seven, Niners, Niners. The San Francisco 49ers go Jared Goff, the quarterback from California. So this is basically the chalk. Yeah, we're just chalk, going. This is, this is the chalk draft. Okay. This is the chalk draft. So All right, far. let's All see right. where we go here, though. This will be interesting. The, and then number eight, the, eight the Philadelphia Eagles select Ronnie Stanley, the offensive lineman from Notre Dame. Okay. So you have left on the board here of the top type of players. You have Ezekiel Elliott. Wait, wait, you got you to gotta go, go nine for the Bucks. Right, excuse me. So the you know, Tampa Bay Bucks at number nine, and they take, um, they will go with the defensive end from Clemson. Uh, what's his name, James? Shaq? Lawson. Shaq Lawson. Shaq Lawson. There you go. Okay, so let's go over our options here. So basically, Floyd. Leonard mm-hmm. Floyd. Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott. Hargraves. 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 And Conklin. Jack yes. Conklin. Yeah, all on the board. Anyone anyone else going thinking outside that box right now? Uh I don't know. I, I could see Ragland's in I mean, I, I'm not thinking outside that box. I'm in, I'm in that four-man box right there. Yeah. Only guy I would throw out there is Eli Apple. The Jersey he's, kid, the corner. Jersey kid, and he's he's bigger than Hargreaves, if that's a concern for the Giants. But I think that he's kind of on the periphery if that. Joe, you thinking anything else? Um, the only other names that I was thinking about, uh, who's the defensive tackle? The, the big lineman, uh, James, you would know his name, uh, Robinson from Alabama. A. Sean Robinson. A. Sean Robinson. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can see not take, a pant they're load. Not, they're not taking. A, they're not taking a big defensive. Right. No, they're not. Defense, they're not. I'm just run stuffing defensive tackle after they just signed. You know, Damon Harrison. That's. So I'm, I don't know if anyone really going that direction. No, I'm just talking about outside the box for this area of the draft. But anyway, yeah, I think yeah. we have our names. I think we have our names on the board. All right. So who's who's going? James, you go first. Let's hear. It. Who do you oh, got? Hargreaves Run, running to the running to the guy in Chicago and handing that card in. James is sprinting to the podium. Yeah, I'm taking Hargraves too in this scenario. I mean, this is this guy. What I hear is the is the best cover corner in the draft. I mean, even better than Ramsey. A lot of people see Ramsey as a safety. So I mean, Ramsey's an, a ridiculous athlete, but Hargraves, great cover corner, good instincts, uh, really, really good player, Pro Bowl caliber. Uh, um. Cornerback. I'll tell you what I read. I read in the uh, Nolan the Rocky, who does the you know the draft guide every year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I have it in front of me right now. But I when I read it, 
it said I had a quote from a scout, and this is obviously not verbatim, but the scout said, "I think he's better than Joe Hayden coming out." Basically, so that's how good some people think this guy is. So if he's there, to me, he's a no-brainer pick. Joe Hayden was what? He was a top five pick somewhere around there. He was very high. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah he was, and he's been a good player for Cleveland. Yeah, very Rare good. I mean, good player, th- yeah. This guy said he has better twitch, better feet, and is a better player than Joe, Har- Joe Hayden coming out. So, you know, if that's the case, I'm taking that guy. Yeah, he was a seventh pick, uh, Hayden, for any, also that's out of Florida. Right. So uh, they have that yeah. similarity, too. So, uh, so Hargraves for both of you. All right, I'll change it up. Last week, we'd all, we all went the same. Um, and last week, when we talked about Leonard Floyd, who certainly could be, you know, the Giants pick and would still be on the board in this scenario— I assumed in, in my mind as we did that little mock last week that Ezekiel Elliott would be gone. I, I think it makes some sense for the Giants, as risky as it is, and I think it'd be fun. And I think he sold me last week when he talked about playing with, uh, with Eli and Beckham. So in, in this little mock draft, I'll go Elliott to the Giants at 10. Bold, Joe, bold. By the time, by the time Ezekiel Elliott's hitting his stride, Eli, Eli, Eli might not even be the quarterback anymore. He might not be, but they get three or four good years together, and, uh, and I think it'd be fun. All right, so last week, I went Leonard Floyd. This week, a pair of Hargraves and an Ezekiel Elliott. We'll be back next week. So no week. Floyd. No Floyd. We, 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 went, we went without Floyd this week. We went all without him. And I, I, you know, last week, we had a big Floyd conversation. Maybe that played into it a little bit. Um, but I certainly think, you know, we all think he'll probably be in the mix for the Giants there. So last week, all Floyd. This week, two Hargraves and an Elliott. Next week, we'll talk all defense, which... I think a lot of Giants fans are very interested in, even with the spending spree they went on uh, with the free agency. So we'll do a defensive preview for this draft, and then the following week, a mega preview to get you set for the first round and really the whole 2016 NFL draft. Guys, yeah, maybe next maybe next week I'll come up with the first nine, and uh, you know I'll come up with a couple surprises, and then we'll make our pick again because you, you know the first nine never never going to go as as planned. It's going to be a couple, you know screwballs thrown in there that, that nobody expects. Right, if you have a whole week, so you could project some trades if you want to. Oh, you're asking, you're asking for a lot now, Joe. Uh, yeah, I'm asking for a lot extra. <laughs> Maybe we won't do that. All right, guys, Jordan, thanks as always. <laughs> Anytime, Joe. I, there's no place I'd rather be than here on this Talk is Cheap podcast. Listen to that, listener. That, that's dedication <laughs> right there. Jordan is here. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks, James. No problem, Joe. Hey, Giants fans, my mock draft 2.0 is coming out. Let's Friday. Let's keep the hate mail to a minimum, bro. Okay. <laughs> hate mail to a minimum. The angry comments, maybe to a minimum. People got well. so upset about my last one. I was kind of blown away. Yeah, I don't know. Somehow, James, you know, I used to be a punching bag for these people. Somehow, I become. I don't know. They, they like what I tell them now. It's like it's like it's like I'm telling them good stuff, even if I, you know, selling them uh, garbage. I mean, I'm honored. You're I, you're the punching bag. They now. think I'm it's a general like, manager. I mean, I'm clearly not. Yeah, I love that. that's not one of my favorites, actually. Can you tell Jerry this for me? Yeah, okay. Jerry's, I'll get Jerry uh, on the phone. He's, he's consulting me with his draft, okay. Maybe they're just reading your byline wrong, James. They see James Cratch, they think they see Jerry Reese, and you just get all the vitriol that's supposed to be going towards him. I mean, yeah, it's just, uh, I, w- I, wish, I wish he was giving me calls to discuss these guys. I hey, feel Jerry, a lot of similarities, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> And by a lot, we don't mean any. All right, guys. (laughs) We appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week. Make sure to follow the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, however you want to listen. You can listen. Uh, Next week, we'll be back with episode 48. This has been episode 47 of Talk is Cheap, our Giants podcast right here on NJ.com.